And also, no, like, dancehall is not about violence. Like, violence is not the heart of dancehall. Who told you that? No, sometimes it's about getting drunk in your nani, so... I mean, more time... <laughs> girls i am daria i'm now hi guys what's good what's going on <laughs> nothing much <laughs> we're allowed outside now <laughs> people are going mad with this whole allowed outside business um i've been seeing footage of wild scenes in soho i've seen people in the pub at 8am uh, it's Foot Locker, primark you lot are really enjoying <laughs> in my head i'm just like Footlocker to go where, but then I guess on the roads, innit? And also, pub at 8 a.m. What has changed? Nothing's new. Them man, they've been in the pub at 8 a.m. for before. It's true, anyway. it's true. Um, it's actually cold outside just, in this here UK, so I'm not <laughs> going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just hating because I'm on the outside of the club, innit? I'm back in lockdown here, so oh, I'm just hating. Yeah, just being a hater. I, mean, I would yeah. love to queue outside Primark right now, I would love it. <laughs> Get my get my little white ankle ankle socks. Um, it is what it is, man. <laughs> you know, I, I I ain't going nowhere. It's cold. Um, I've got exams. You man, let me know how outside is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how are you doing anyway? Since normally we start that. Yeah, way. I'm alright. Um, I had my first exam today. It was an exam. So <laughs> <laughs> listen, I I believe in you. Jar believes in you. I, I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, I've only got three left, so yeah, man. Whew. One down, three to go. Yeah, it's okay. Obviously, then I have more in summer, but I mean, for now. <laughs> I mean, we're not thinking about summer yet. Summer's not here yet. Do you know what I mean? Spring exactly. is barely on our doorstep, so yeah, it's fine. Listen, spring is not even a thing. Oh, that rhymes. Uh, but yeah, how's your week? <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we will say. Um, uni, been, work? Uni, I've been having to read a lot about whiteness. And um, oh, it's actually... <clears throat> it's actually... Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. It's so, so exhausting. I've been reading about Caribbean, specifically Jamaican history. It's just exhausting. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Work, meh. Every day I log on... <clears throat> Oh, well, we'll probably get into it in the main segment today, but I will say I saw one of the most ignorant things I've seen in my life on the work Skype chat, yeah? <clears throat> it's, it was a Skype chat uh, by people that work within the European region, and a question was asked, yes? Oh, no. I'm, I'm getting a file translated for Jamaica. Should I get it translated into Spanish or English? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> that oh, was no. that was a le- a legitimate question posed. Um, I say do um, neither and just log off. <laughs> <laughs> it took everything in my spirit and not to reply. Like I actually just got away from went away from my desk for a minute, 
had to had to breathe deeply and remember which bills needs to be paid when, mm. and then come back to my desk because I didn't even want to engage in the conversation with the person. It was just it, it, this is in a group. Ah, oh. <sighs> Google is so free. Google is just like, so free. I just what that. <laughs> Anyway, um, this week I'm doing a new segment, guys. So, obviously, you know where we're going. We're going to be doing Caribbean news, covering some Caribbean news stories. It's quite Jamaica-heavy today. I am going to try and cover a few more Caribbean islands in the future, but hey-ho, this is how it's going this week. Before I start, though, <laughs> before I start, I want to say Ramadan Mubarak to all my Muslim people then. Um, so my heart goes out to all of you that are going to be away from your families during um, Ramadan and during Eid. I'm wishing you ease and peace during this time. Um, but yeah, I also want to say it again, because we didn't get to, because when we recorded last week, oh, you know, rest in peace to DMX, because we recorded before he had passed. I um, also want to say rest in peace to Duante Wright, because, I mean... He was a baby himself, the, man. Like an actual, an actual baby. So young, and I, it, I don't even know what else to say. I feel like there's there's nothing there's nothing to say right now. My love goes out to his family and all the black people in the world. To, to be quite honest, yeah. I'm going to in the show notes add specific links to fund like funds that are going to his family because as we all know in recent weeks black lives matter especially the u.s chapter the uk chapter is a mm-hmm. whole nother story that would require a whole different episode um but the blm chapter in the u.s um has been going on some fuckery so gonna actually link like direct kind of cash apps and stuff yeah, for his that go directly to, to his family specifically in the show notes but yeah okay so let's get into the news news this week guys she's Big rolling story. her sleeves up <laughs> oh no it's serious it's serious serious things it's serious it's serious things because if you haven't been following i know the uk news outlets have been very slow to pick up the story um but la souffrière mm-hmm. the volcano in saint vincent has erupted it started erupting so it began erupting on the 27th of december oh, last I didn't year know that yeah, and the government from last year, December, and between from December through to February, had been reaching out to people about evacuation plans if it was to like erupt mm-hmm. even more. 8th of April, um, due to the amount of lava that was growing, because obviously they've been monitoring the situation, yeah. red alert was issued and people were told to like evacuate by the Prime Minister Ralph Gonsalves. And then on the 9th of April, explosions occurred and ash, and ash plume is what like everybody's seeing now. Um, and there's been a warning, obviously, that this eruption could last for days or weeks. Nobody knows, and nobody really kind of can predict what kind of severity it's going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, on the 11th of April, there was another explosion. Um, due to all the ash, like, it's, it's tainted the water supply. The island's now experiencing shortage in water. They've had power outages. Um, there are 80 shelters that are... <clears throat> excuse me, what's going on? 80 shelters have been opened on the island. Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> 16,000 people have been evacuated. The, this is a number that I've seen change. I've seen between 16,000 and 23,000 people, but a lot of people have been evacuated from red and orange zones, which is basically three quarters of the island. Um, 
some residents have refused to leave. Now, I've seen people, like, coming at people that have been, like, filming who are still, like, within red and amber, like, and orange zone, sorry. Um, don't be coming at people because you don't know what their story is. You don't know yeah. why they haven't evacuated. Like, don't be doing that. All you need to be doing right now is supporting people in whatever way you can, yeah? Um, obviously, the Caribbean, Caribbean nations were, like, the first to offer help. So, St. Lucia, Grenada, Antigua, and Barbados have all agreed to take in evacuees. The rest of the Caribbean nations and have, like, dispatched soldiers um, to help. And um, they've also extended their help with donations. A fuckery did that I did hear? see, though. Sorry, go on. Oh, go on. <laughs> I was saying, did you hear what the UK... No, go on. So I read that the UK donated a figure. I think I saw, like, around... 200k and they were like trying to sound really proud about it and stuff because you know commonwealth and all that bullshit but then like that's way less than any of the islands have been contributing and helping so it's kind of like a kick in the face like surely you would do a lot more if you care about the commonwealth so much and you're so helpful and so involved like Ugh. That, that's literally so disgusting 200k yeah. are you man all right when when the when the i think it's the you it's either the who or the un said that they estimate mm. the cleanup to be, f- be to cost 544 million dollars yeah you man are disgusting but um i literally saw that like <laughs> um saint kitts donated more than that so it's like I don't understand why the UK hanging on to this Commonwealth thing so heavily when they're actually when it's time to step up. Like this is the time, no? Like L- why, why are you around with funds? So yeah, go on. One fuckery that I did see was the World Bank under its catastrophe deferred drawdown option. Yeah, was like, mm-hmm. oh, we're giving you twenty million dollars. We're not. It's, they're not giving them twenty million dollars. It's a loan. It's another loan on top of other loans that are already crippling these 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 countries. Anyway, um, but just a little bit of history. On the 14th of April this year, it celebrated 40, so I say commemorated 42 years since the last eruption. Um, it's interesting to note that the Europeans reached the islands in the 1700s, yeah? Mm. When they reached, the, na- the natives used to all live on the coastline, away mm. from danger, obviously. Mm. Then when it became a British colony in the 1760s, the enslaved population were forced to live and work closer to the volcano, which resulted in many of them dying in the 1812 eruption and then the 1902 eruption, which was the same year as Montpellier in Martinique. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was just a bit of history for you. So, obviously, in the show notes, we're going to link, the, I believe, one of the uh, initiatives that was happening in the UK, they've already shipped their stuff today, actually. Um, but I'm sure there are others. They've got a GoFundMe, so we'll yeah. link that all in the show notes. Like whatever you can, if you can donate. If you're not donating, like spread the word. Like tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, what I mean. Um, I just looked up. It's the, a whole volcano, guys. Yeah, I looked, <clears throat> I looked up the UK figure, and it, it is correct. It's 200k um, through the Caribbean Disaster Emergency Management Agency. But I have to say, it does say initial. So like, you never know. Maybe maybe they'll give them five grand. Stop. In a couple <laughs> Stop. Weeks. But yeah, I, I, I even saw uh, information about, you know, how to get supplies to people and everything, so we can, we can leave it all. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really, really sad. Like, like you said, uh, three quarters of the island, like, it's, um, it's really tense. And, like, looking at the images and stuff and the footage, it's really, really scary. So I'm just, like, um, thinking of everyone. Apparently, there's only one road that, like, connects like the island so like people are trying to evacuate on this one main main like motorway road strip yeah. so obviously 
that got chocker blocked. And so then people were like evacuating by boat. Like it's just, mm. and I know there's been a lot of talk about all oh, people because they, there was a cruise ship that was supposed to be helping people evacuate and stuff. And people like certain nations apparently were saying you're not allowed in if you don't have your COVID vaccine. But apparently that's all BS and it's all rumors. Obviously, I don't okay. know because I'm not there. But apparently yeah. that that's what was said in my research anyway. What I was reading. Okay, so. I no, felt, no, I felt that breath right there. Yeah, no, I, I was <laughs> going to say more, but it's like, there's only so much you can say. I, I just, I kind of wonder how much the government did between December and now um, to help their people. Like, I, I don't know, um, because it seems quite disastrous now, but maybe it's because it's, you know, for want of a better word, it's explosive now. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's a panic, so maybe. But having known about it since December, that's like four or five months ago. So, yeah. I mean, I think they've done pretty well in terms of the fact that if you're from December, you would you were warning people that this this is gonna happen. Yeah. That you need to make some sort of plan. Like, obviously, it's a pandemic. Like from December to now, like a couple of months is not that long, but mm-hmm, a couple mm-hmm. of months is better than me coming to your house on the day of and being like, get your shit and go. Yeah, yeah, Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Fully, fully. Um, and I think it's really what I really love about the Caribbean is the way that all the islands have just rallied. Yeah. Like, even on social media, seeing the diaspora and like all the Caribbean community just support is just mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful and it? like it's beautiful. Okay, yeah, I love that. next news story is about dance hall. Oh, um, Prime Minister Holness made some very disparaging comments, even though he himself admits that he is a fan of dance hall music and is one of the first prime ministers in Jamaica to ever admit that. Something I he's have very not heard about. this comment, so let me, let, let me sit back. Um, so, obviously, in turning to him, well, I say him versus Baby Sham. I think he's formerly known as Baby Sham and is now just goes by Sham. Okay, I think, fair enough. I think, <laughs> I, I think so. I, I, think, I think so, because every, everywhere I was reading reports, it was like Sham, Sham, Sham. I was like, I'm still a Baby Sham. Yeah. <laughs> he's Baby Sham to me. Like, I mean, like, he's not a baby, but anyway. Um, so... Yeah. Wholeness, um, so um, Wholeness said, dancehall music could be so much more if it were less violent, less glorifying of violence. We have a responsibility and duty. So even though it sounds good, as in the music, at some point we have to realise that what we may be doing is glorifying and legitimising violence, yeah? So obviously a lot of dancehall artists like started to talk up the things. Um, Shaq, no, I have, to, I have to call him Baby Sham. Baby <laughs> Sham was one of them. I can't say Sham just sounds weird. Baby no. Sham was one of them. Um, <laughs> he did like a whole three-minute rant video where he was like, what studies did you get your information from? It's not our responsibility to take up parenthood of the nation, like, which, which I agree with. He, yeah. said, he was like, um, can you also blame like other forms of like media? So... Like, what about the things that kids are watching? For example, Netflix. Like, that contains a lot of violent shows. So that's that's what Baby Sham was saying. He was like, "Are you gonna start? Are you gonna start going for like people that create shows and stuff?" Um, he conc- he said that the real issue at hand is poverty, poor leadership from both government and parents, <laughs> illiteracy, lack of communication and opportunities for the youth. And he concluded by saying, "Artists are merely mirrors of society." And I was just like, oh, "Take a bow, sir. Take a bow." Listen. <laughs> Uh, Sham, formerly Baby Sham, yeah. He said, return to sender. <laughs> he said, I'm not entertaining what you're saying. I'm not buying what you're selling. <laughs> Take it 
like, said, move from me, fully move from me, Bridget. Um, um, the point about mirroring society is I couldn't agree more. Like, people, first of all, I don't agree with the statement, the initial statement anyway. But if we were to say, oh, okay, fine, whatever. Um, no, like, people are speaking and expressing themselves through their music as to what they're experiencing. So <laughs> let me know. <laughs> And also, no, like, dancehall is not about violence. Like, violence is not the heart of dancehall. Who told you that? No, sometimes it's about getting joke in your nani, so... I mean, more time. <laughs> Have you... Also, it's dancehall, like... Can you hear the words I'm saying? Like, I didn't say, like, boxing <laughs> ring. Like, are you okay? Like, I'm confused. I'm confused. Um, and our last story today is uh, Mr. Shandapal. Shandapal... <laughs> Shandapal said that um, Patois is a language barrier. For who? So. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) What's happening? So so basically, um, there was an article a few years ago in the BBC where he talked about like Patois and it was really like badly received. But what he was actually saying is that um, he, he feels that like dancehall artists haven't been able to like make as much headway on UK and US US um, charts simply because some people are not able to understand hardcore patois. Um, this people. was in response to an yeah, and he said and he said some people, but he was talking about like the global mainstream in terms of like not mainstream, but in terms of like music listeners globally. Yeah. Mm. Well, do you and, remember what happened um, when um, Rihanna released work? Do you remember, do you remember people online being like? I don't know what she's saying, but I love it. And it was like, oh, you could just learn. You could just learn and, and not be disrespectful. Yeah, and Google is free, like, but okay. But fully, for real. Um, those lyrics were definitely made available for you. Yep. Um, but yeah, he, he, he was um, being asked in an interview about um, like coffee and why he doesn't, why he thinks that her success is not translated commercially. I don't know I don't, what... I just agree as well. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the interviewer was asking or getting at because hmm. in my head I was thinking, she's got Coffee's how much hundreds of millions of views? Do you know what I'm saying? On, and she got on a Grammy YouTube. as well. Not that we care about Grammys, but ain't she I mean, it? she got a Grammy, she's got um, endorsement hmm. deals. I don't, also, I mean, I also don't know what crap that DJ Khalid is going to produce for her. I'm not really going to be here for it, but hey ho, DJ Khalid, whatever you want to mm. do, I guess you're going to do. Right. It really makes, anyway, I'm not going to go into that one. But, um, yeah, so that, that's what he was basically saying. He said he's not about changing, like, Pato in music. That's not what he's saying. He's just saying he thinks it's one of the reasons why they, like, why dancehall artists haven't achieved um, US and UK chart success in the same ways that Got maybe it. other genres have, such as uh, reggaeton was one of his examples. But, yeah, and I think that that is a perfect segue into what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> I had to just look up Sean Paul's age. Sorry, Shana Paul's age because I was like, <laughs> I don't 50, understand. Fifty. He's forty-eight. So, yeah. 48. Oh, see, yeah, Chris. I was thinking, is is man still? Is he still here? He's still about? But yeah, just 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 um. Is he making music him. still? I don't know. I don't know. Not for, All not I for me. Is temp- not for me. Nah. Listen, temperature was my tune, Bridget. Like every mm. time that video used to come on, I used to I used to attempt to bust into the splits like I was some bad girl, but. 
Listen, baby boy. <laughs> Don't worry about I'm me. I'm sorry, I still can't get over Jay-Z not allowing my man to dance with Beyonce. <laughs> He said, not this yard man. This yard man ain't coming to bust a wine on my game. I'm done. Ain't happening. I am done. Oh, gosh. But yeah, um, on to our main, our main segment. Um, so, do you want to tell the people then what we're going to be talking about today? Today? Yeah. So, um, today we thought we would give you a bit of an insight into our career, careers as... Uh, Career. Linguist project... <laughs> Sorry, using that term. Project managers. I'm talking over her her nonsense, guys. Um, (laughs) A bit about the translation industry, our thoughts, you know, just give you... Spoiler alert, it's a mess. Give you a bit more, you know, (laughs) corporate life and that. Um, So, yeah, maybe um, you could start off, you could tell us, like, what your... How you feel about working in the translation industry? Um, how do I feel? How, how, how do I feel about it? Yeah, um, I feel like my time in the in this this sector of the translation industry. Because let's be specific right now, I project manage translation mm-hmm. projects. Um, is definitely ended maybe two years ago, but I'm still here because bills. But um, one thing I will say is it's. The, the transferable skills, magic, yeah. amazing. Um, didn't know I could deal with that much stress. Did, did not know that. Learned that about didn't myself. Didn't really want to know. Didn't really want to know. Didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't want to know. <laughs> Definitely didn't want to know. Um, what else? Hmm, I think that's I a good feel... intro. I was... Oh, go on. Sorry. Yeah, go <laughs> Look on. at me. No, no, no. Go on. No, no, no. I didn't go mean on, to cut on. you off. No, I was just going to... Um, <laughs> Say uh, a bit about what we do and for how long and that. Yeah, I thought I would do that. So, um, as Daria said, we're both project managers. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been at this company for um, four years. My chest hurts. Oh, I'm close to that. <laughs> I've, I've been in the industry itself for six years then, or like five and a bit. Um I always plan to do project management as... What? Hang on. Sorry, this is new to you guys. On. She literally... Oh. Hang on, guys. As an Sorry. initial start into the industry. Oh, okay. Because... Okay. Yeah, because they say it's like a really good um, way to see how a translation company operates, obviously, because you're working in it. Um, you can learn about the expectations of freelancers that we work with. So that's our mm. linguists, like um, translators, proofreaders, editors, all of that. Um, and I had a project management module um, at uni. I was already working in the industry, but, like, um, the advice... Wait, MA? Yeah. The advice from our project, um, from our... What's her name? Uh, not professor. Whatever, tutor. Her advice was basically yeah. get advice in a... Com- get advice? Get experience in a company um, so you can really see the ins and outs of it. And the, the goal was always to do, like, a year, year and a half, and everyone says, don't <laughs> fall into the trap. Do not fall into the trap of working in a PM project management job for longer than that if you want to go into um, freelancing or even having a full-time linguistic role. So what happened to me was I was working in a smaller company as a I was an, I was an intern first which internships should be banned get get rid of internships 
get rid of him, put him in the bin, how dare you? Um, <laughs> and then I was a project coordinator and then a manager. And because I went traveling for two months, I left the... Gap ya. Gap ya, gap ya. Um, I left the company and then... When I got back, I wanted to get my peas up. So I was like, let me just get a job. And I think that's where... <laughs> that's Ooh, where child, you fell in that trap, boy. <laughs> Literally. I feel like I'm like, you know, in, the, in those um, films where it's like a freeze frame of like, this is how I ended up here. Um, but yeah, so we work at one of the biggest companies in the industry. Um, <laughs> we are the main That's not even... <laughs> literally and that's not even about showing off skin i think that's actually to understand no. what kind what kind of corporate structure we work in yeah um, so in this company um we work in the production team like like i was saying project management and then there's um a sales team which is a buffer between us and the end client but in my in the previous company i worked in i was doing sales so like account management and project management which was more stress because I had to deal with, like, you know, clients and freelancers. But then, because the company was smaller, there was less work. So you felt like you could actually give clients realistic um, timelines. You could talk to them more about the process because there, wasn't, there weren't so many barriers and, like, red tape to jump over. Whereas now the company is bigger, deadlines are imposed on us, and then we're scolded for missing them when it's not our fault because of external linguists. So I put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> we work in different departments now. We started in the same department. Um, mm. And then now I moved to a different department. But um, my role now, I'm more... I'm more, I'm more she's better rolling her eyes. I'm more like... I, I moved um, departments because I, I, was, I was thinking that I would move countries at some point. I'm still in the UK, guys. So um, that was the eye rolls there. But... Um, <laughs> The d- department that um, Daria is working in, she's been struggling during this here, Panny, this here, Demi. Um, yeah, and in my role, I'm client-facing as well. So it's not always mm. within the company that you're mostly, like, just project managing because mm. now they're trying, specifically in my department, I don't know about other departments because obviously we're saying this is a massive global company, like, there are hundreds of departments, bruv. Yeah, and, like, and there's also, like hundreds of offices globally like you were saying like literally like most cities you can think of there'll be an office yeah um but during yeah like i was saying during this pandemic the workload the workload for my specific department because of covid uh went mad it actually actually went mad Mm -hmm. i mean i almost went mad no i definitely did go mad um i don't know anyone who hasn't had like a mini or full-on breakdown at that company. I The majority of people that start there, um, I see tears from their eyes at some point. Like, Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. Um, I think that... Listen, <laughs> every job is hard. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a job. But um, there's, there's a certain pace at... At, um, the company we work for and a lot of different companies where even if you get all your work done then you're just given more work so then you kind of have to mm-hmm. find a balance between like doing what is um asked of you and a little bit more maybe 
but not coming to kill yourself because you will just receive more work. <laughs> and this is to also say that what you're being asked to do is actually already enough work for two human beings. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, there's that. Um, and then you and have, I think you have what's to deal also, with... Go on, go on. I think what's also important to mention is that we both work on projects that are very urgent. Mm-hmm. Like, the turnaround times are not that of what a lot of... Even a lot of project managers within a company, like, they don't necessarily work with, like, urgent projects that have crazy turnaround times for what they actually are. Um, give an example. Yeah. Give a, give a word count and, like, a same day or... Do you know what I mean? Because people need to visualise this. Okay, for example, you get a project that's 5,000 words. Um, the client wants you to do two quality steps um, and they want it within 12 hours. <laughs> and this, and when I say 12 hours, and when I'm talking like, the, and the material type is highly specialised. Mm-hmm. So that means you need a linguist who specialises in that material and also is a translator. Yeah. So maybe um, we should break down a bit, like, um, more of, of what's involved. Because if you're thinking about project management as well, there are some parts of the project cycle that I do enjoy. So... I'll go through it and then you can like <laughs> what? <laughs> sorry. I I just sorry to cut you. I just want to say that, that I, have, I have one thing to say is that I was asked the other day because I have a new manager, mm. what do I most enjoy what do I most enjoy about such and such thing? I had no answer because in my head I was thinking, there's literally nothing yeah. about this job that I enjoy. But anyway, now you tell us about what you enjoy because so I think it'd be interesting. What I will say is I actually enjoy project management. I just don't have time to enjoy my job properly because Mm. I, I would like to think about every project I get critically. I would like to, like, literally take a minute, make a plan for it. Um, yeah. But it's not possible because of the amount of work that I get. Because the department that I now work in, um, there's a lot more room for um, taking initiative, being creative, mm. going down different avenues, trying to find out what the client really wants, um, maybe, like, going back and forth with sales... Uh, giving suggestions that's like kind of more what I'm doing now whereas I think I can say your department although you are client facing as well like because of the nature mm-hmm. of the the material it's kind of like get this done it's a wrong or right thing yeah, yeah. it's a wrong it's a, it's a wrong or right thing yeah. definitely yeah, I, I can right. say it's more, it's more technical I can say that so on mm. on my side of things I would love to uh just just be more analytical and, and I can't. And mm. I feel like I'm just a robot, which is why I don't like it oh, anymore. Oh, yes. But it's, it's literally like, I feel like I'm working on like a conveyor belt or something, but like just, oh. just at a screen. And it's crazy because the second that something happens that is like irregular, I have to like pause my podcast, pause my music and be like, wait, so this is a real life problem. What do I do now? And like engage my brain <laughs> because yes. like, normally I'm not. <laughs> Oh, when you get an email that requires you to actually break something down and you're like, okay, pause everything. Okay, now just pause everything. Hold on, because I was in robot mode. Because yeah. when you think about it, like, break down how many projects you handled it. The other day, I, I handled 37, Bruh. 37 nah, no, urgent no. projects in an eight-hour time span, yeah? No, 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 no. In my head, when I finished, and I logged off on time, in my head when I finished, I was just like, wow, this is your, this is your job. <laughs> like, so... The, the cycle will be, um, you receive, like, um, I don't know how to call it, like a... Job spec. Yeah, that's what, that's what it will be. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
gosh. I, by the way, guys, I do know how to do my job. I'm just using different words to what we use at work. So We're not it's... trying to beat up our lives here. No. No. Right. And then from that, you have to um, figure out the budget, um, negotiate rates with linguists, um, set deadlines with different linguists and vendors. You might have to do um, different steps such as like uh, desktop publishing or formatting or anything right and you need to figure it out and all of this is on you the person that sent you the the job spec really doesn't business they want they just give you the deadline <laughs> exactly <laughs> give you the deadline. they give you a deadline and a rubik's cube and say have fun babe <laughs> hey that's the perfect perfect fucking description and they say if you need me i'm here but not really <laughs> i won't answer <laughs> I'll answer. I'll send you an email a couple hours after. Like if you've, you, you know, most of the time you send them an email like, oh, sorry, this job is running late because blah blah blah, and they'll send you an email literally maybe on the deadline. Like where's this project? And it's like, yeah. you not see my previous email? Yeah, please, please see attached. Like, and you see me <laughs> oh. as well. Like I love petty corporate emails, and I will win. I will win. So don't even bother. Don't even waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> I I literally love that shit. But yeah, so um, I think what I dislike about this, uh, the current role I'm in as well, is that when I do have a query um, for the salesperson, even if it is during their hours, I won't get a reply necessarily when I want, either because they don't know, they don't care, or they're busy. And that then puts a strain on my job, because if I proceed a certain Mm way, uh, Mm -hmm. I might have to change that later on, um, or sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes the client sends a, a revision to the original source material. I I don't care. <laughs> like it stresses out my day. The organization yeah, skills cool. that we require. And oh, top tier, Bredin. What? Hey, listen. I didn't even know I could be that organized. And I know if you're Never listening and you know me in my personal life, you're like, but you're always late. I didn't say it in my personal life. I said it at work. <laughs> Hey, when it involves a bag, like you're not gonna mess that up. Please, I beg. Everything is on point at work. I do. Come on, put a deposit on brunch and, and let me know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll be there on time. Everything organized, sorted. I'll give you several options too. Where we want to go, what time we need to arrive, Listen. what location, how much you want to spend, what's the budget, everything. Like. So one thing I so to, to actually say what I do, like I guess it would be I like uh, placing projects. So like talking to external vendors, negotiate. Well. I can't negotiate rates, really, because our company is so strict on what, what we pay, which is also, yeah. we'll get to that in a minute. But I do like the mm-hmm. conversations with Lingus, and um, especially when it comes down to like them asking me questions about the project and how to handle certain linguistic concerns. Because like I was saying, Dari does more technical things, and you can then guess my, mine is more creative, so I like having those conversations with the linguist. But the problem is that I don't have time. So although I'm enjoying yeah. getting to it, it's like... Can you just, all I basically do is I always say things to just cover myself so that if a report comes in, like a a negative report, like a compliance report or a a quality issue. (laughs) I thought that was like a generic term. Basically, if there's ever, we can can cut that. If if there's ever like a client issue, I like to have covered Mm -hmm. myself. Complaint. Yeah. So I like to basically say, like, you know, I carried out these steps that I should be carrying out. I follow procedure. And I can't really actually talk to the linguist and, and make things 
as as great as I'd want to be because I just don't I don't have the time because before you know the the next one's in yeah exactly by the time you blink well I I get this thing where now when my when I hear an email sound like my stomach turns (laughs) because I'm just like I haven't even kicked this one off yet but now there's six more to start like what's going on here what's what's going on here but I do like talking to linguists because sometimes I've I feel like within this company environment, it's really easy to forget that these are people working on their own, like, somewhere mm-hmm. remote, like... And this oh. might be their only interaction that they have with people. Do you know what I mean? I don't forget. I mean, some they, of them... I say... Some of them. They, they be sending me pictures of the outside their window. I'm seeing the picture... Like, the beach. I'm seeing, like... One guy lives in Brazil, sending me, like, his life. And I was just like, yeah, I get it. You're living better than me. What now? Can you deliver the project? So, fam, also, don't be doing all of that, yeah, when my project is, like, six hours late. And, like, <laughs> my project being six hours late means an issue for me because my client deadlines are actually non-negotiable. Like, every t- if a project is one minute late, there's yeah. a client complaint. So, <laughs> like, don't, don't, yeah. don't be sending me cutesy emails when you haven't delivered six hours late and saying, oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Diary, I'm really sorry. Like, no, I can't, I can't be dealing with that. But... To talk about freelance, go on. No, 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 go no, on. I, I was going to go into freelance as well and talk a bit about um, uh, like payment and, and rates and all that because I feel like we're in a really sticky situation of like we cannot pay any more than uh, whatever our guidelines are because of, you know, markup, profit margins, all of that. And a lot of linguists take offence to that because we are such a large company. And I think it really does yeah. does kind of weigh on you if you're not a robot, because you're like, the more you work in the company, you know how much work they're doing, especially in my department. Um, the research... No, do you know what? All the departments. The research involved. Mm. But I was just just saying my department because it can be things like... Campaigns. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, the, way, the way we are tip, tippy-toeing yeah. around. All this Bas- basically... Yeah. It can be difficult to negotiate rates. And I think that when you go into the industry, you should think about if you want to be a freelancer or a project manager and really weigh up the the salaries, even though, you know, project management salaries. I, I've seen people moan about this for the longest. I think it depends on your expectations, you know, like... Um, I want to just mention um, a survey, poll survey, that the ITI, which is the Institute of Translation and Interpreting, which is the only UK-based independent professional membership association for translators, interpreters, and language service providers. They do a poll survey every biannually. Um, there was one in May 2020, so this was like on the heels of like the pandemic starting. So... <clears throat> For translators, translators, 75% of them responded and said that their work had been affected by the pandemic. So that's three quarters of translators, you know, imagine. Wow. Um, they have they have 3,000 members. Um, 9% that they had said that they had seen more work coming in, probably if they're working within the sector I do, then they definitely saw a lot more work coming in. Um, for interpreters, 82% said they were dealing with less work. Mm-hmm. I think last week we made the point of saying translation interpreting is different. Um, so yeah, translation and interpreting is mm-hmm. everything. Just to clarify, voila, thank you. Twenty five percent said they were facing client pressure to reduce their rates, um, and then sixteen percent saw an increase in online interpreting assignment, assignments. Um, when they said that, 
when they talked about like the the biggest like ethical dilemmas that they'd faced in the last three years, forty two percent responded and said that rates and conditions that they were asked to accept were just mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. the one. Um, twenty eight percent said uh, talked about like the type of work that was coming up that wasn't like specialized to their knowledge or whatever, um, and they also stated that so sixty five percent of them said that the the most challenging aspects of their roles in May 2020 were Brexit and COVID, um, finding new clients. Mm. Um, and then they also complained about client, clients um, and potential clients having poor understanding of what the job involves. Yeah. And this is an issue for a lot, a lot of clients. Um, and then another issue, 25% of them said that keeping up to date with translation technology our roles, yeah, are technology-heavy. And I think a lot of people don't realise how much technology project managers in the translation industry work with. Like, Yeah. So just on that note, actually, like, <clears throat> the company that we work at as well, it's got a very young demographic. Um, oh. And um, when, when we were still in the office uh, pre-COVID, there was uh, someone new who was working with me, and she was significantly older than the rest of us, she was I would not use the word old to describe it at all, but she was older than the rest of us, right? And mm. one time we had a break together and she was like, I cannot with these programs. Like, I don't know how to use them. Like, where is the guidance? Like, I feel like because I was obviously like, I don't use these, these kind of technology every day in my life, I'm actually like lost and behind. And she quit eventually because, mm. because of that. And I know that like, obviously... There is training available, don't get me wrong, but it kind of starts at a level <laughs> where you're like meant to know certain things already. If you really have no, yeah. if you're just a Microsoft Word person and then suddenly you work at this company, forget it. You're finished, bro. <laughs> what are you doing? Forget it. Um, yeah, you're not going to survive. I think also when you're talking about like the young demographic, and maybe you're going to go on to say this, but uh, a lot of the people who work within our company, the company has a very high turnaround time. <laughs> Turn, turn around time turn around time turnover turnover yeah i think is has a lot retention to is of... non-existent <laughs> like i mean we, we four years though we've done four years so yeah retention for listen if you don't make it past the first six months i'm not gonna learn your name anyway because but there's no need like you if i i'm used to do bets <laughs> bets on the new people pay bets on the new people are how long do you think this one has gonna last and the maddest thing is mm-hmm. In the four years, there are only five people on my team who were there when I started. Yeah. And this is a team of, like, 20-plus people now. Also... What does that tell you? I mentioned tears already, yeah. Just know that when someone cries at their desk, it is not an uncommon occurrence. People aren't like, oh, my goodness, like, we have to call, like, a counsellor, like, what has happened? Can we... People just walk by... <laughs> Fam, one time, do you not remember in the office? I don't even know if you would know you weren't there that day, yeah, mm. but this woman fully fainted at her desk. Excuse me? Like, she hadn't she, she hadn't left her desk yet yeah, because this was another thing about this company. Lunch break where? What's a lunch break? What? Who? Where's that? What, I didn't even know that existed until I started working from home. Okay. And Nai used to cuss me all the time. She's like, nah, you need to go out for lunch. Like, you need to go out for lunch. She used, to, she used to get angry with me about, nah, you used to come for lunch. You can't be sitting at your desk all the time. Like, you're not getting paid for this. And I used to be like, yeah, but I've got all these, all these urgent projects. But it's often, like, that girl, she fainted at her desk. 
She didn't even go away. Like, first aid came to see her. She didn't even go home. She went, <laughs> she went back because she had projects. And this is another thing with this company is a lot of people, like, there's always one person that knows how to handle one client specifically. Mm. And then there's nobody else who knows how to do mm. it. So when that one person ain't there, it's, it's, a, it's a shit show. Like We have to ad- address the show. pressures because, you know, at a normal job, for example, I used to work... Um, in retail, I've had four different retail jobs. Listen, fam, I could another day. Top all your retail jobs. I've probably had about ten, twenty. <laughs> I've worked everywhere. Name, name the company I work for. Them. Listen, Just but basically, when you do retail, yeah. Obviously, I'm not talking about like if you're a manager. Like I don't know, yeah, I don't know, bro. But I'm talking about like if you're just doing retail to do retail and, and get out, yeah. When your lunch break comes, I'm not thinking, oh no, but I haven't folded this or yeah, I have no, to put these not, new shoes out that. like I'm literally going yeah. to lunch but when you yeah, work in a different kind of job you kind of it almost you feel like it all falls on you even though well, it does though <laughs> but the thing is the thing is is it can't it cannot because I must eat <laughs> do, do you understand so I mean yeah why sure. why are my really deadlines to. set at 12, 1, and 2, or 12, 30, 1, 1, 15, 2. When should I eat? You're not supposed to. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't hack it. And, you know, eating at your desk is not acceptable either because you're not getting fresh air, you're not stepping away from the computer screen, you're not disengaging for just 5, 10 minutes. And it's even worse at home for some of us because, like, we get so involved in what we're doing. But yeah, yeah. You, you need breaks. Like, uh, my friend's girlfriend was even saying to me, like, basically, she now gets up and goes for walks like three times a day or something because she's working from home. Mm. Because at work, she would, you know, either go for a coffee break or like go to the kitchen at work to go make something. You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason for you to get up. Yeah. But now we have all our stuff around us where we kind of like mm-hmm. sit down for longer. But you have to like, you've got to keep it moving, man. Well, at the beginning of the, the pandemic, when we first started working from home, my old flat was tiny, like a little studio. I didn't have a desk or anything, mm. so I actually da- ended up damaging my back. But it's not even just that. Just I ended up working longer because, you know, your computer's just there, isn't it? Yeah. Like, or logging on earlier and just being like, okay, Checking I can on a couple this things. Done, get that done. Yeah, like, yeah, and just... Oh, boy. This... Anyway. I, um... I saw a post uh, online that was talking about questions you can ask uh, your interviewer or the interviewing panel at the end. Because you know when they say any question, sometimes it can be like you might have a practical question or you might have like a random one. But I saw these ones that I thought were quite helpful. So one is to ask someone, the hiring team, what's your favourite memory in your role? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that... Because a manager should be able to sell this to you, right? So I don't want to see no pauses, no hesitation. Do you understand? (laughs) I'm laughing in my head because I forget that you're supposed to do something that you enjoy. Yeah. Got you. Um, Another one is, what has something that has surprised you uh, or surprised you the most? uh, Sorry, no, let me start again. What was something that surprised you the most when you were a new hire here? (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I'm picturing like managers at the company we work for answering these questions, and I would just ah oh, the <laughs> the floundering, the the floundering. Oh my god, it would be so peak. Listen, I would love to see. I it. would love to know. Um, maybe ask those in my exit interview. Yeah, to be fair. And then this one I have is, can you highlight something that demonstrates the company's commitment to diversity, inclusion, and mental health awareness? <laughs> I'm just laughing, yeah, because I actually had a major burnout. I was signed off work for a month mm. because of this company. Yeah. So that's that's why my level of laughter is, yeah. is, is... I just thought I would drop those questions because they're really good questions to ask. Um, I've never asked any of those because before social media came around, my questions were just never that. My questions always wanted to actually show myself in a good light. It, it, was, it was more me like impressing mm. them with like, I want to know extra things about the company or like show off my research that I've done about you guys when actually no, like how are you going to help me if I make it? But like, you know, I wasn't used to thinking like that. I just wanted <laughs> the job. <laughs> Ooh, child. But yeah, it should be an exchange and more than just salary in my opinion. Like, step up. I wouldn't, I could do this job for a little bit longer if the salary matched what like I feel like I deserve to get, but but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think one last thing I think we can talk about. We can talk about representation at our company, maybe. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I've got some more things to say, but I'll, but I'll say them quickly after okay. that. Oh, go, go. No, no you go first. <laughs> representation at our company, I think, is... I feel like there was a... What, the, 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 the office in the UK, I'm not going to say which city... Well, obviously, people will know actually. London, yeah, it's in London. It's like, it's like two, two. I think it, I think it was like one hundred and fifty people, maybe. I thought it's I more than it's that, that much. But oh no, what am I talking about? Because there's more now because yeah. they have thingy. They okay. Anyway, basically, hundreds. I knew hundreds of people in that office. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there was like five black people, <laughs> six, six maybe. In total, I'm laughing because. And I'm not going to say nothing, babe. I'm laughing because when a new black person started the job, everyone was, like, looking. Because it's like... We're like, hi, friend. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> oh, the oh, numbers are going up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, their commitment to diversity, I think. I mean, they've sent out a few surveys here and there in the, like, in the wake of Black Lives Matter where they sent the most. Oh, God. I'm not even going to talk about what was sent out around that time. Yeah. Um, because all I know is I did complain. Um, yeah. But I don't think they have a commitment to diversity. Well, even when we mentioned age already. Um, there are a lot of age barriers, I feel. Um, if I think about mm. someone who's like maybe like 40, 45, trying to start as a P- PC or something, like you're going to encounter like a lot of issues, I, I feel personally. Definitely. Um, if you're not familiar with technology, I mean. If you are, then that's mm-hmm. different. Um Gender is heavily. I mean, it's women. yeah. In 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 the project management side, it's heavily women. In the in the sales side, it's heavily yeah. men. What I will say though is the translation industry that is a true reflection. Um, mm. I've worked at three companies now, and I would agree. M- my managers were male in like my previous companies, but yeah, the same. I think that. Let's talk about some positives. Don't. 
laugh at me. Um, okay. <laughs> Do you have any positives? You already mentioned um, transferable skills, but that's too vague. It's too vague. Okay, one, I'm going to touch again on organisation. The level of organisation um, that I have at work has been able to transfer in some aspects of my life. So, it, for example, managing my PhD, mm-hmm. like things that I learned within the company. So, you know, you... You, if, like I said, I, I manage 37 projects in a day, I need some sort of way to track what, what, what they entail, when are they due and stuff. So I've managed to transfer that in my, into my like, personal life, where my PhD, I created a tracker in terms of what I need to do, how I need to structure it. And I feel like, especially for PhD students, and a lot of them struggle with this, and I've seen this in the workshops that we've been doing, is I am generally not an organised person, mm. yeah? I'll get something done, lastminute.com, and I'll just get it done, in it. But um, a lot of PhD students struggle because it's this massive project. They don't know where to start. They don't know how to track things. They don't know how to keep... Bruh, that's one thing that I ain't worried about. Um, I'd also say that, uh, one, it's allowed me to move to another country. I will say that, that Mm -hmm. this is what this company gave me the advantage of being able to do. Um, I also think that it's taught me resilience. Like, Mm -hmm. really... really acknowledging that it's water over duck's back like people are gonna move mad all the time but you can't tell everybody to suck your mama like you can't do it because you just you just can't um i think those are the main also i'm pretty oh I, i'm a formatting i'm a formatting god now you know i'm a formatting god is it send any, any file guys <laughs> send me any file don't even today i recreated a file and i said what Imagine, you did that. <laughs> With no additional technology, just, just you in a word doc. Oh, wow. Okay. All wow. right. Word, 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 yeah, word. I'm a formatting god. <laughs> formatted god. <laughs> Somebody's going to ask me to format something soon, I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Cool, that's good. What are some good things for you? What have you learned? Um, I like the dress code or lack thereof. Um, there was definitely dress code. People came in in pop shorts. And then they told them no. And flip flops. They told them no. <laughs> what I mean is, yeah, we were not required to wear suit, heels, pencil skirt, shirt, oh, yeah, blazer. Shoot, 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 yeah. You can, no problem with that, but in production, not you're not required to do so. If you work in sales and you have a client meeting and you, and you want to obviously impress, then I advise. But no, you can't come <laughs> with your nani half out. Like you can't do that. <laughs> like not only did we see pum pum shorts, we saw, saw skirts up the bassy. Like, we saw everything, everything, everything. I, I don't understand. I feel like we're going in on the women too much this still. But to be fair, there was one person. Hey, do you know who I'm talking about when I do this? When I do this, who am I talking yeah. about? Yeah, okay. <laughs> man, man used to bang flip-flops. Like, yeah. Man, yeah. Man used to bang flip-flops. Like, what are you doing, bro? It's insane. It's not, it's not practical for the workplace. <laughs> Um, workplace even but yeah I, I like the lack of dress code because it's nice to wear to look to do smart casual um, sometimes that was nice awesome. I think um, have as many piercings as you want as well I think for me handovers oh sorry I didn't know you were t- I didn't hear you go on oh no I said definitely being able to have like loads of piercings um, for dead. me works like, in terms of like facial piercings yeah um, also I had when I had my interview I had pink hair so oh that pink hair was so cute they didn't care <laughs> oh. oh sorry yeah go on no but um, I was just talking about um, handovers you know like if you're going to go out of office 
or that's that's what I used to think handovers were. Then when I started this company, I realized that handover is what I'm doing every day to a different department. (laughs) Because we love those. (laughs) Because someone is always picking up um, in a different time zone once I log off, whenever that is. So that's Mm. a positive (laughs) mask in a negative because um, just having to be like accountable and clear and concise um, and always, mm. always leaving a trail that like makes sense, and someone can pick up, and like always having things in order, so that if something happens, someone can just step in and like take over. It's it's a good skill to have. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, I love that you said when you log off, like whatever time that is, um, and it just made me think of all the times in London when we were leaving that office, mm. nine p.m. sometimes. Time. Stupid times. I thought I, I'd also say that um, all the things I don't like are often like uh, present in all industries. Like the way you have to manage your time, you know what I mean? Like, um, and do like reports on your day. Like, a lot of different industries have that. Like, architects do that, lawyers do that. Like, you have to account for all your time. I'm sure, like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I know accountants have to do that. It's very, it feels very annoying, but some things are just transferable in, in every job. So yeah. when you're already unhappy, though, it can feel like, oh, and now you want to know what I did at 5.22? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> do you know what I, I mean? Do you know what? And I, I like that you said that, like, when you're unhappy, because it's true. I, until the other day, and until you saying now about things that you like, like, I didn't realise that people actually enjoyed this job. Yeah. Like I didn't, I, and I, I can say that honestly, like I didn't, because the amount of bonding that I've done at this job has been over things that people hate. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's mad as well because when I was in my interview for this job, I remember telling them what I enjoyed about, about my previous role, um, which was very similar, and I said that the satisfaction of um, seeing a project through from start to finish and then knowing like how the quality is just fantastic and I remember the interviewer being like yeah you won't be doing that here um, because you'll be supporting <laughs> so, <laughs> so you'll only see like one part of the project and then you'll move on and I was like oh no I love that too I love that for me <laughs> yeah it turns out I did like a mixture of of both so that was cool but um it's so funny how in interviews you can be so malleable. Like, oh, no, I, I didn't love it. Uh, whatever you want me to do is fine. <laughs> Fam, I, I can't believe you actually remember your interview. Yeah, I do. I don't remember what I said. I remember a lot of it. I had three, though. I had three interviews. Wow. I remember, I think I had three. No, I think I had two and, like, the, the same, the test online. I remember one question that stuck out to me uh, was basically one of the interviewers asked me to tell them something no, teach them something that I think they wouldn't know. What an interesting, <laughs> weird question. Because I was sceptical at first because I was like, wow, that's me making an assumption on your knowledge. But okay. Um, because we've been discussing music, I just said that pe- a lot of people don't know this. I don't think. But like, um, I play the saxophone and I have played the flute before and they have the same finger patterns. For this, like, for note, for, for playing different notes, mm-hmm. and I, fun fact, guys. <laughs> and I told one of them. She was like, "Oh, I never would have thought of that. Like, I didn't know that." And I was like, "Yeah, it was. It sounds really irrelevant, but it was more relevant because we we're talking about like, 
you know you have that little chat part of the interview like oh like your hobbies and like all of that bullshit so burning down Babylon <laughs> <laughs> don't say that in your interview so it came it came up then but yeah like I don't know. I feel like interviews can be really intimidating and scary. And that's why I offered those questions for you to throw back at the end. Because why, why is it just me that I have to sit here stressed? Do you know what I mean? Like, why don't you tell me? What is your company offering? Yeah. So, yeah. For us. Okay. Well. I think that wraps it up. Yeah, man. I... For today. I would say, like, it's really good to get experience in a translation company. Um, just maybe have an exit strategy, if any of this... And time frame. And, yeah. time, like, literally say to yourself, this is the amount of time I'm going to spend, and then I'm going to keep it moving. Mm. Mm. I mean, to be fair, for both of us, we were studying while we were here, and so, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> kind of extended the time that we was there. Like, working full-time and doing post-grad, like, it's mad. And obviously, I'm studying now again, so it's been my crutch. Um, but make sure you're, you're yeah. doing what you want to do. And, and if you, one thing I'll say as well, I don't know if this is like common knowledge, but if there's a job that you want, whether it's um, a linguist or a different kind of freelancer or a project manager, find someone on LinkedIn that inspires you and that you aspire to be like or have their job role. And then look at their like history, their promotions, their different companies they've worked at. Yeah. And just try and, um, I don't want to say... Try and draw similarities in your own path and then use it as a guide. Because we have so much um, information at our fingertips now. I could literally be like, oh, I want to be a, I don't know, professional athlete. I don't. What is a gym? Um, and then <laughs> I could find someone and, like, follow their career path. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's, yeah. don't feel, like, network, network, network. Because I think one thing at this company... Ugh. Because I'm not really invested in the industry in terms of like being a project manager, I, I'm not networking, I don't care. But my LinkedIn is popping because the company is so big and I've noticed like loads of different paths people have taken to get into this industry. And yeah, man, like just be researching because you never know what you could find. Amen to that. Amen to that. I think that was a lovely way to finish off the main segment for today. So... Should we round off? Yeah. Um, do you have any, any big ups? I, I did, but I can't find them. And, like, guys, my issues with my notes today, <laughs> like, me and my notes were beefing. So I'll bring them back next week when I find out who I did want to big up. We love it. Because I don't want to get the info wrong. No, that's calm. That's calm. Um, yeah, so what has been a positive for you this week? Something successful? Small joy. Oh, you like my slick buns? That's my small joy. Do you I love your hair. I love your hair. It looks beautiful. Slick buns. Feel very like <laughs> old school ish right now. That's what's been a major success this week. Slick buns. I mean, baby it's hair, valid. It looks good. It looks great. Thank you. Thank you, baby. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what about you? I'm doing my exam, so at the moment, none, but definitely check in next week. <laughs> oh, we reversed the roles this week, guys. Yeah. I had something, no, I didn't have something. <laughs> All right, so you have to pull it up. Wheel up and pull up. Yeah, ma'am. <sighs> okay. Well, guys, um, keep forgetting to say this, but, um, like, write a review for us, innit? Yeah. Um, say, say how you might feel about this. You can Connect follow... Subscribe, 
all of them things there. You can, you can subscribe to Pod, I think. Yeah, you can. I, I've got <laughs> loads on Spotify. Okay, Sabonet. Sabonet is like. But I but I but I follow them on Spotify. Follow, follow. That's it. Follow. Sorry. Sabonet. Even though Sabonet does mean. No, it means follow. Follow. It, it depends. It does. Sabonet. Yeah. No, on but yeah, but you're right. On Spotify it is. To Either way. Sorry, phones in French, so I always understand. <laughs> Either way, just what connect. <laughs> Yeah, wow, that was a whole little tangent that didn't need to happen. That was the yeah, worst call to action. <laughs> um, thank you for everyone who's listened um, so far. Um, support the thing, share the thing, like the thing, do yeah. the thing. I don't know, stay at yard. Oh, well, in, in the UK, you lot don't have to stay at your yard. Me, I have to stay in my yard, so. Yeah. Like I said, outside the club, but enjoy, guys. Yeah, be safe, though, guys. We'll see be safe. Yeah, for real. Corona didn't just disappear. Um, see you guys next week. Peace.